There are things in this world and apart from it that man was not meant to know. Unseen blasphemies that stalk between the shadows of our waking world and nameless, untold horrors that inhabit our dreams as we close our eyes each night. There are those who seek out these terrible mysteries and their curiosity has been rewarded without exception with madness and death, and for the least fortunate, the unassailable knowledge that humanity's place in the universe is as that of an insect to the common man. We now present a story of one of these unfortunates. Welcome to Tales from the Black Vault. For most of my life, I have had a rich dream life. Perhaps that is because I was raised in an orphanage and knew not my parents. My day-to-day life involved chores, drab lessons, and the company of people who would rather not know me. My name is Peter Petrovich, and though it's a very Russian name, I bear no resemblance to those noble people. (laughs) if you must call them that. Petrovich, you missed a spot over there. Scrub harder. Scrub harder next time. Of course, sir. Petrovich, you eat like a horse. Why must you always have more food? Uh, I'll eat as much as you tell me to. Petrovich, the math. The math only successfully works one way. It eludes me. Yes, it's true. I was not much of a student and was always seemingly underfoot, but in my dream life, it was another matter entirely. I was the general of great armies. I was the king of strange cities. I had more adventures before the age of ten in my dream life than I had read about in the books that I voraciously devoured during the waking times. But there was one path that was always closed to me, one door that would always remain locked. Countless nights, I cannot even begin to number them, I would be hovering over a strange landscape dotted with huts and dim lights growing in the phosphorescent swamps. But I felt a strange affinity to that land, and more importantly, to the castle that loomed over all of the peasantry around it. But try as I might, whether flying or sailing through the winds, I could approach no closer than several miles away. Peter, wake up, Peter. You must wake up, my son. Wake up now. Sorry. You're late for your chores. It is time to go. And so, as the trudgery continued in life, so did my frustration grow stronger with every night that I could not reach my intended destination. One night, as I drifted off to sleep, I descended the 83 steps into the dark temple of dream and beseeched the gods of the underslumber to help me in my quest. Who comes forward to ask of us a boon? In waking life, I am Peter Petrovich. Here, I know not my name. Your name will be given to you when your destiny is realized. But my destiny eludes me. I see a castle dimly lit in a vast swamp, and I feel drawn to it, but I cannot get any closer. That is where the namer of names resides. You must go. Only he or she, as you perceive, shall give you the name. 
great gods of the underslumber. Give me a sign. Give me some way to begin to reach my destination. Take this. This tincture shall solve your problem. They handed me a small bottle filled with an amber gold liquid that shined with an effervescent light that I had never seen in any world, sleeping or waking. I did not drink it that night, for a fear had come over me, a fear of not being able to embrace my destiny fully. But when I woke, I found my living situation even more dire. My goodness, Peter, would you please keep your area neat? And why do you thrash about so much in your sleep? Look at your bed. It looks like there have been monsters wrestling in it. Petrovich, you're late for mass again. That's 40 lashes. Peter, you're always wandering around like you're half asleep. What is your problem, boy? Can't you sleep? The beatings and the chastisement became more than I could bear. I ran back to my chambers, fell asleep, and on my first moment in that dream world drank the tincture. This time, when I floated above the swamp, I found myself descending, my feet filled with lead, and I was greeted by the most curious creatures that I had ever encountered. You finally arrived, Peter. We're so glad you're here. They were not human, and nor were they even human-like. They shambled, covered in fur and scales, with dimly lit golden eyes and strange vestigial wings. But they spoke perfect King's English. Well, good morning. Good morning. We're so glad you're here. Yes. Finally, you're here. Hey, Lord Peter is come. Lord Peter is come. Ah, General Peter. Peter the hero. Peter oh. the Great has arrived. Oh. The morrow shall see you, the winner of all. I knew not what they spoke of, but I had in many dreams in the past led armies into battle, and I found that knowledge of warfare was ready in my brain to lead whoever against whatever. But the morning, which came in a flash, brought a foe fearsome and strange indeed. Towering giants of stone stomped and shifted as inevitable as mountains, as slow as tectonic shifts. They nevertheless rumbled across the battlefield. General Peter, General Peter, we've, we need your, we are in desperate need of your help. You have, you have... You have led us into victory so many times in the past, and once again we need you. Please array the troops for battle. At my side was a horn made for calling troops into battle. I put it to my lips and gave a mighty blow. The creatures which had come to me for aid charged into battle, but more than that, great worms from the earth erupted out of holes, out of hills, in every conceivable direction began to battle the giants in the midst of the maelstrom that was that earth-shattering battle. The voice came crystal clear to my mind. You need your true name before two worlds become one. Seek out the name-giver so you may be who you are destined to be. Throwing the horn down and removing the vestments of a general, I wandered away from the battlefield even as those around me shrieked with rage and pain. The voice led me to a strange dark path in the woods. It is there you must go. Walk the path I cannot go. But you shall see what you shall see. And there the truth lies. 
I walked for what seemed like days down the path. The first living thing I came across was human enough, but tall, gaunt, three-eyed, with a pinkish hue, and selling a variety of merchandise. There are not many people traversing the dark woods. What do you seek? I seek my name, but I don't think you have that for sale. Oh, no, but I have advice for you. You are well known to me, General Peter, and you have done many great and good things. But know this, no name will be given to you unless you have also committed great evil, for both are halves of the same whole. Great evil? I have no desire to do so. I've already left an army on the field today. Well, maybe then you will go unnamed forever. Peter, you must wake up. You must wake up, my son. Get out of bed. You must go to your chores. You must do your work. I can hear the voices in the waking world, but I had no desire to wake up at that moment, for I feared this would be my only chance. I ran deeper into the forest and found a dark well burbling with dark liquid. I jumped inside the well, for it is often true that in dreams, the farther down you go physically, the farther down you go into dream. I swam downward, not content with the mere pool of gravity, but using every bit of strength I had to swim away from the voices of those who oppressed me in the waking life. Eventually, seemingly far longer than what meager breath I had in my lungs would allow, I came to a dark, glistening cave. Creatures sat squalid and slippery in the cave mouth, carving strange figures which resembled themselves. And whenever a figure was completed, the creature would stuff it into a bottle, put a cork in the top, and toss it. And such is the way of dreams that I could see the destination of those bottles. They would land in one of the oceans of the living world, wash ashore, and confound make crazy the minds of man who was unfortunate enough to give in to curiosity and open the contents of that bottle. Well, here's a new one. He comes to us for his madness instead of us sending our madness to him. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> who are you and why do you make such strange art? And why do you torment the minds of men? Oh, we are the makers of madness. We torment the minds of men, but we also provide them with imagination. We provide them with what they need. We provide them with a source. If we don't do it, they will live their workaday lives, resenting all that has come with no imagination. Well, if we don't do it, who will? <laughs> as strange as it was, I had heard of these creatures before. They were the Melandry. I had read of them in many of the crumbling books that stood still for decades in the orphanage. The Melandry were said to be both muse and master of mankind, causing madness but also driving men to great and terrible deeds. I had a hunger then, as I had never had before. The only hunger for knowledge I had 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 been for the written word, but now I decided that if I could not find my name, then perhaps I could find a skill. Well, since you have come all the way to us, sparing us much toil, we will present you with a bottle of your own. Yes, I have one just for you. It was green and murky, as if glass that had been tossed in the waters for eons before being finally smoothed into the shape that now stood before me. Over what seemed like weeks, 
and months I learned the skill of carving those strange figurines. Half physical art, half mysticism, carving bits of reality into new shapes until it took hideous form before me. I was both fascinated and repelled, but one day, if it can be called a day, the figurine was complete. Without another thought, I encased it in its bottle, put the cork inside the top, and tossed it into the waters. The creatures, who I had become quite familiar with, clasped their grubby hands upon me and sang this chant of welcome. My clarity of vision did not stop there, however, and I saw the path that that bottle took as it rocked in the waves, came closer and closer inevitably to a shore. Mother, look! Look there in the waves! Something is glinting! No, don't touch it! Don't touch it, son! Oh, look! It is a bottle! Maybe a message! Maybe it is a map to pirate treasure! You don't know what's in it, son! Please, put it down! Oh, look at this! They said it ran in the child's family, but I could see clearly that the bodies of his family had been gnawed until the blood and life flew out of them. Well done, Peter. You have mastered. You are a madness maker now. You have driven insanity. Yes, both sides. It was true, I was now one of the Melandry, though still human in form, and I knew that even then my time with them was done. I took a small raft and rowed away from that strange cave, but not into any waters of the earth, but further, where hollowed-out rocks with faces whispered in the wind, and it was there that I learned my name and my destiny. Who comes before the name? That question is impossible, for I have no name. You come closer. I see that you have left a great battlefield. I see that you have found yourself among the Melandry. You are a maker of madness now. Or in general, you're a worker. Now, come closer, come closer. And I did, as drawn by the voice which seemed half wind and half words. In your wake, I see pain. I see the bodies of your followers strewn across the battlefield. I see the families of small children driven from their minds and broken upon the shores of madness. You awake the suffering. I name you Death. It was as true a thing as I have ever heard, and the name settled upon me like a cloak. I left that strange chamber and with seemingly no time found myself sitting in the uppermost room of that castle that I had seen in my dreams. And the people around that castle, which had at one time been my army and at one time been my companions, now quaked in fear. And whenever one of them neared the end of its life, I was always there.
ready to take them into the final nameless and unknown void where madness and death would be their companion for all of eternity. Thank you for listening to Tales from the Black Vault. We release a new story every two weeks, and you can find them at our website at blackvault.net. This episode, The Dream King, was narrated by Roy Yannick and features Jessica Arger, Andreas Fabis, Brad Hawkins, Ryan Hill, and Paul Normandin as the cast of The Black Vault. Engineering and mixing by Lindsay McGowan. Editing by Peter Rogers with score consulting by Michael Yu and effects consulting by Cindy Page. Music by Nathaniel Rendon and Matt Reed for Scotch and Coda Productions. Tales from the Black Vault, Season 2 theme by A Wayward. Tales from the Black Vault is produced by Peter Rogers and Lindsay McGowan for Terrible Old Productions. The Black Vault was originally directed by Mark Major at the Hideout Theater in Austin, Texas. Until next time, the vault, vault is waiting. Is waiting.